three of the units were occupied with paying tenants. The fourth one was already ready for someone to move in. And uh, I think it operates at probably about cash on cash, like a, a 27 cap. Best ever listeners, before we get into today's episode and the interview with our best ever guests, I want to mention FundNet Flip because FundNet Flip is an online lender that gives you fast, convenient access to really affordable money that you need for your flip project. So if you're doing residential flips, then the main thing I imagine that you're focused on, uh, or the main two things, are the deal and the money. Uh, so if you've got the deal pipeline, but you need access to cash and you want to build a reputation within a, a, a group that will continue to invest their dollars into your deals, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Uh, the, the founder of Fund That Flip is Matt Rodak, and he's actually one of my very first guests on the show. It's episode number seven. Um, so if you have a chance, go check that out too. familiarize yourself with Matt and um, what he's all about. But when you're needing money and you want an online lender that provides fast, convenient access to affordable capital for your flipping projects, then Fund That Flip's the way to go. Their team has over 200 deals under their belt. And uh, you can actually, this is crazy, you can actually be approved immediately within 30 seconds once you put in your information. Uh, so go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever and get some money for your flipping projects. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur. Uh, real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average. They'll uh, save you on your health care plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate and they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, so we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save. Um, have a personal concierge service help you along the way and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out. Hi, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and we have on today's episode a guest who has just a great amount of experience in the rehab business. They've bought, he's bought, him and his company have bought over 250 homes and rehabbed them. We've got with us Mark Ainley. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good, Joe. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, nice to have you on the show. As a side note for all the best ever listeners, Mark didn't realize that this was actually going to be the interview, and I heard some phones ringing in the background, so he single-handedly dismantled, and it sounded like he was demolishing about 12 different phones in the background. He just got done. I asked him if he wanted to take a breath, and he did after running up and down two flights of stairs. So he is well-exercised right now, and 
if you hear a phone ringing in the background, he's probably going to get angry because he did so much good work previous to this and <laughs> he thinks that he got them all. So a little bit more about Mark besides his phone disconnecting skills. He is an active real estate investor. He's been doing it since 2003. He's based in Bartlett, Illinois. And like I mentioned before, him and his company have rehabbed over 250 homes. He's the founder of GC Realty and Development. And you can say hi to him at gcrealtyinc.com. And as a another side note, he loves his uh, audiobooks and he's been um, listening to them ever since he realized that was an option. So with that being said, Mark, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on? Yes. Again, thanks for having me on here. GC Realty Development, we've been around since 2003. We kind of have a different, uh, couple different uh, focuses and we do the, the development, we do the property management, and we also are doing the turnkey sales as of uh, the last 18 months. All right. Since 2003, you've been around. So you were around whenever the sky was falling in 2008, 2007, some 2009. Where were you at then? And are you doing anything different now? When I got into the business back there in 2003, it was almost impossible not to make money in real estate. So a lot of the business building techniques or strategies, uh, it just came too easy to have to recognize those type of things. So when the market did crash, we had to uh, definitely reshape our business. And that's really where we got hard into the, uh, the rehabbing, just because of all the opportunities that uh, presented itself. And as the market has rebounded, not as much in the Midwest as, as the rest of the country, but as the market is, is on the way up here, we are building our business to sustain future, maybe we call bubbles or, or uh, corrections in the market. All right. I love hearing that. And I love that you've been through the bad times and have learned from them and are applying your learnings now. So let's talk about specifics. What are you doing right now that is building your business to sustain you know, a correction in the market? Well, on our development side, we're definitely very careful in our leveraging techniques. Uh, we always are making sure that we have a clear exit strategy, whether it be uh, selling or being able to maintain the property long-term hold. Um, on the property management side, we're building our business to um, accommodate um, just the influx of investors and helping them to prepare for if they have to ever go through a downturn as well to or be ready to be on their side for if a downturn happens. All right. So you got development, don't over leverage and have a clear exit strategy or a buy and hold or excuse me, a build and hold. I don't think I've ever used that term build and hold. <laughs> and then a, from in the property management to position it to accommodate the influx of investors should a correction happen. What does that mean exactly? Like what is it when the bad stuff happens in the in the economy, is it simply having the property management business for your company that's bringing in some passive not passive, but bringing in another revenue stream? Is that one way that your company is going to kind of ride that correction out? Yeah, definitely. Um, property manager offers, you know, I had a guy say to me, use the word today, residual income. We get a contract and we get paid on it every month. So building that business uh, for us and our investors that we manage for is, uh, will help both sides through any sort of downtick, correction, so forth. I've heard that from a couple very seasoned investors that you know the property management is one way to ride out a correction in the market. 
Are you doing any other things as far as residual income for your company, just anticipating or in anticipation of a correction? Well, we have the different... So along with the property management, we have the the turnkey, which will probably go away if uh, there was a correction, but that is also creating a different stream for us at this point. But we also have the uh, marketing piece that helps us and the broker side of things that if we had, if we wanted to utilize that, we have that as well too. And by marketing piece on the broker side, are you saying being a broker on the transactions and making whatever your broker fee is? Correct. Correct. Got it. All right. So you, yeah, you've got a lot of different revenue streams. You got the development, the property management, turnkey rehabs, and just being a broker. Are there any other revenue streams? Well, we're looking into the is always the educational or advisory piece, more so on the investment side on the commercial end is, is another avenue that we're looking into growing right now. More as not such a broker, not such a property manager, but as an advisor of helping uh, various funds or invest, larger investors on uh, the decisions they're making on particular properties they're buying. What would be an example where you would be paid to help someone out? So if, a, if an investor or a group or a, a fund is looking to buy maybe a 100,000 square foot uh, multi-unit, in, whether it be an industrial building or, or maybe a 50-unit uh, apartment building, we would be able to really help them break down all the numbers. All their, we'd really help them to do diligence to um, measure what they are receiving that's actually correct and what uh, might not be correct and kind of uh, help them run their numbers and their performance against uh, kind of worst case scenarios. As the founder of GC Realty and Development, where do you spend the majority of your time? Because there's, you, you know, we mentioned development, property management, turnkey, rehab, being a broker, and then the educational piece. It's turned into probably about 50% on the, the development side and 50% on the management side. And the 50% on the management side is shrinking because uh, what we've really been working on the last 12, 13 months is really the systems and the procedures and the processes and, and streamlining and, and getting all that stuff in check. So I don't have to be as vital. We can have a, a very a smoother running machine where I don't have to be part of the continual day-to-day. And what percentage of your time do you spend dismantling phones? <laughs> Only when I don't plan, which is uh, leads to some of that best advice. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned 50% development side, 50% management. What about the other items like, and perhaps, well, let's clarify something. When you say development, are you also referring to rehabs or when you say development, are you talking ground up construction, new construction? Rehabs. Um, you know, in, the, in Chicago, the housing stock consists of a lot of 100-year-old homes. So it really consists of a lot of going uh, down to the stud, actually even really replacing the studs, going out of the stone and the brick and rehabbing these houses that way. Okay, got it. All right. So really the revenue streams are development slash rehabs, property management, offering turnkey properties for either the ones you don't buy or, well, yeah, for the ones that you don't buy yourself or hold in your portfolio, broker fees, and then also the educational piece. Correct. All right. Who in your team is uh, working on the educational piece then if, if your time's being spent 50 on development slash rehab and then 50 on management? I have uh, two partners on that advisory educational piece and two partners on the development and one partner on the property management. So um, the partner really, they, they pick up a lot of what I don't do on that. 
How do you structure your company? Because you mentioned a lot of people there. Let's look at the, the org chart and how do you allocate the different resources that you have in your company? Well, we've really uh, strived this year to uh, really perfect that org chart. And, you know, and I filled out I filled out an org chart about a year and a half ago and I realized my name was on it too many different places. And one by one, I'm plucking myself off that chart to build a more sound team to hopefully put a replacement in for myself for ultimately those decisions to be made. But we have a true team and, uh, and it's, very depart- it's became very departmentalized in, in how we set things up. All right. Can you give us some specifics? So on our construction side, we have the couple of people that go in and they, they find the, the opportunities, they find the properties, they, uh, you know, they run the, the numbers early on, we bid that whole process, the early on construction numbers, the preliminary construction numbers, make sure it works for us uh, before we go get bids. And then it gets turned over to, you know, we have a closing department that takes it really from contract to closing. And then, uh, you know, every, all the different departments take over once uh, closing kicks in, uh, the management picks up their piece of uh, putting the property in our name and, and all, all the different uh, utilities and, and functions that come at water department and, and come with that. And then our construction team takes over as far as uh, executing the bids we might have got before closing and, and overseeing the day-to-day construction, which that construction is, uh, really falls under my, one of my partners on that side. Okay. And as far as actually selling it? So selling it, uh, we have a marketing department uh, that consists of you know, my partner. One of my partners handles the majority of the marketing. And we actually uh, utilize a lot of virtual assistants to handle uh, you know, the various SEO type marketing and searching out uh, various opportunities, different places we could be posting our properties online and kind of putting ourselves out there as promoting us as a company yeah, in the different places. Where do you hire your virtual assistants? Upwork is where it used to be formerly Odesk. Odesk yes. it's, I believe that's where we have all of them from at this point. It's, it's just worked for us. Uh, I don't think we've explored too much out of that just because we've had success with them. And they do your SEO? Yes, they do a portion of it, yes. Got it. And who does the other portion? Is that someone local or in the, in the States? I assume the people on Upwork are not in the United States, but maybe that's not a correct assumption just because... The people who I have on Upwork are not located in the United States. Your assumption is correct. <laughs> okay. Do you have anyone, who else, do you lead me to believe that you have other people work on SEO based on how you responded earlier? My partner handles, uh, he probably handles, he controls it and he delegates uh, pieces of it to the various virtual assistants. So my partner probably handles the in-states portion of it. Okay. <laughs> so you've got, how many people do you have at your company? In our organization, so we have... 21 people that are involved in the property management and construction portion. Okay. And then we have brokers and we have, we have continual contractors and vendors that we've used for years on years, but uh, that's how many actual employees. How has that fluctuated since 2003? If we were to look at it on a graph and you start at zero and now you're at 21, what's that, what's that graph look like? Well, it grew up to 21 somewhere around that 2010 period. But it went down in that 2012 to 13 because we realized we weren't doing everything exactly. Uh, we weren't growing the right way. So we took some steps back and didn't necessarily fire people for the reasons that uh, we needed to take a step back. They kind of uh, weren't doing the right things and they eliminated themselves. Um, so we kind of went back down to the, the 15, 14, 15 market and we've grown back since there um, in, the, in the recent uh, six months of just trying to put the right people in the right chairs and having the various people head up the different uh, tasks and departments. 
What's an area that you've honed in on or, or zoned in on that you need to work on to grow your company from where it is now to where you want it to go and that you need to work on too? An area that we've started working on and we need to work on is understanding and tracking our key performance indicators. It's something that now that I've got a taste of, of that, it, it's, it's huge to understand that to kind of see where we need to improve as a company where we might be lacking or where we're doing a great job at to make sure that people get the proper uh, props for doing a good job. What are your key performance indicators or otherwise known as KPIs? Some of our KPIs that we track are are such things as uh, the different times of the month we're collecting around, how much percentage we collect between the 1st and the 10th, the 10th and the 20th, and the the 20th to the 30th. The average rents in the different zip codes, more particularly that's in our city operation because we... uh, it really is driven by the, the different neighborhoods. The Our work orders, where our maintenance dollars are getting spent to see if there's something we could tweak on the front end, uh, whether it be in our turnover process or our, or our construction process to uh, reduce our ongoing maintenance. And then also uh, our, our length of uh, our average tenancy because turnover is expensive. So we're really seeing what we could do to keep tenants longer. Even though I think we, we do a pretty good job at that, um, could always tenant stays in the next four months. It's even better. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're getting to this because it's really interesting. How long have you been tracking the, well, first question, have you been tracking all of these for the same amount of time or have you added some as you started? Added some. As you know, okay. it's, uh, I'm all about uh, learning and as I've uh, learned what other people might be doing or other people think uh, might be good things to look at, we'll add things, yes. So everything, there, there's, a, there's a variation of time frame of how long we've been tracking different KPIs. All right. I'd like to dig into these if we could. I'd, I'd like to ask on the money collected from the 1st to the 10th, 11th to the 20th, and 21st through the end of the month, if you want to improve that, how have you identified ways to improve that? So off the top of my head, one of the ways that we improve getting people to pay faster is we started talking about, so rents due across our portfolio on the first of the month. And we said, instead of waiting to the second to remind people that your rents due, let's start telling them on the 28th of the month before. Mm. And that, that is something that, so we're out in front of people sooner. And, and that was something that we're trying to move the people that are paying uh, either later after the 10th or, or later, kind of get them into that first through 10. Our goal is always we track it, I believe, the 1st through 5th and the 5th through 10th and the 10th through 20th and the 20th through 30th. So we're always trying to move them up into that, that next bracket is what we're going after. Got it. So 1st through 5th, 6th through 10th, yes. 11th through what? 20th. And then 21 through the rest. Yes, correct. All right. Have you noticed that make a difference in notifying, reminding them before it's due that rather than after? Yes. It already... so. So we did two things a, a couple, about uh, six months ago. We did that. We started telling people that sooner. And then we started to not waive. We used to waive uh, late fees on the sixth of the month. You know, all right, you, you got it in or, you know, it's a, we, you had good intentions. We stopped doing that. All of a sudden, the people that were paying on the fifth and sixth all of a sudden started moving up to the, uh, the first and second. Um, and then the, we actually... This was the going into November 1st, we had the, the record amount of people that paid on the first or before than uh, I think we, we, since we started tracking it. And, and I imagine the stuff we didn't track, I imagine it beat those, those times too. 
What about those work orders? What have you seen that is something your maintenance professionals were spending time and money on and then you've course corrected to make some tweaks? So this time last year, we went and we did uh, analysis on our city operation of what we're spending on appliance repairs. And we went through, we had data for, it was just about three full years. And it turned out that 20, it was 22 point, like 6%, close to that. It was, uh, of work orders were appliance repairs. And that's almost a quarter of our, our, our time we're spending on something that uh, we might not even have to provide. So initially we started not providing washers and dryers. We provide the hookups and we stopped buying washers and dryers. And, and that took it down. That took it down, uh, there was a, we never had to do a washer and dryer hookups for the most part. And as people, tenants moved out, we were moving those out. And then just this April, we moved to not any of our new construction, any of our rehab, new construction stuff. We were not putting any appliances in at all. So the tenant would provide their, their stove and their refrigerator. And now we're down to last, the last uh, three months, our work orders for appliances were below like 5%. Now we still have a uh, portfolio that still has appliances, but as they turn over, we're removing them and renting them with the tenant to provide their own appliances. What about the length of tenancy? How have you been able to keep tenants in there longer? So we've always pushed this. Even before we start tracking KPI, we just understand the cost it takes to turn over a, a property for an owner or ourselves. And the one thing that we said that we should, we, what we started working on was our lease renewal process. And we started working on that. We were working on it before at 60 days out. And we moved that out to 90 days just to get a better feel of what these people are, are trying to do. And then at 30 days, we really started putting the screws to them. Like, all right, if you're not going to renew, we're going to put a lockbox on your property. We're going to start showing it this weekend, which forced a lot of people um, to just uh, to, to realize that I want to stick around and, and they end up signing another year lease. So starting the lease renewal process earlier, and uh, not letting them go into the month-to-month tenancy and let them waiver for four months where they might move out after the fifth month because they have the option now that they're month-to-month. Just not give them that option. We've been able to uh, um, increase that. Mark, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Plan, 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 plan. The first 120 units that uh, we rehabbed, we didn't have a plan. And it, it, was, uh, it was messy. I had a, we just didn't have it laid out. We didn't have our goals laid out. We didn't have the different obstacles we had to overcome to get to those goals. And, and it wasn't uh, clean like it is now. Now it, it's so clear of what we're doing and how to do it. And uh, it just makes it so much easier for everyone involved. So it's all about planning and writing it down and figuring out the steps to get to those goals. If a new employee comes to you and they've got this new rehab that they're working on, what do you expect from a content standpoint that they provide you and you can take this answer whichever direction you want as far as where they're at in the process or whatever what i'm really getting at is you mentioned plan know your goals obstacles etc how do you make sure that your team is adhering to that because we have it laid out in writing of how those processes go now that's the biggest thing of, of enforcing how every project is supposed to go and what do you have in writing like how detailed is it it's pretty darn detailed and, and down to, so we call it the construction framework. And the construction framework consists of, I believe, uh, 19 or 20 categories. And then uh, they all each have various uh, subcategories that breaks down every detail of 
the the flooring and how that's going to go and how you bid each one of those, how you bid the tuck pointing and how. So we lay all that stuff out. And, and we also have uh, for each one of those uh, write-ups, we have what can go wrong portion of every one of them. So we kind of educate uh, our people and what to expect and what could happen and how to overcome that quickly versus letting it become a big problem. Is it a Word document? Yeah, it's a series of Word documents, yes. Okay, got it. So whenever you hire someone, is there a training that they go through or that you just you give them the document, like read through all of this or none of the above? How does it work? No, generally, so what we'll do when we have a new hire, we just had somebody recently come on board. What we did is we took the person above him, took the framework and went through from start to finish up until the point he's responsible for up until really closing of every step-by-step what to do. And they, they took that, that, that those documents along and kind of checked it off as, as it went on. And we made him sign off on it each step of the way. So he's understanding. So we he's signing off saying that he understands what, what they're supposed to be doing. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever book you've read? E-Myth. Best ever personal growth experience and what'd you learn from it? Having a bad partnership. And I, and I learned that partnerships with more than two people are tough to make work. Best ever way you like to give back? Through discussing what I messed up on, my failures. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal we've done is we have a four-unit building that we bought that uh, we just uh, got the best deal on and just has the best return and we're going to hold it forever. Can you give us some numbers on that one? We just got uh, Stark Lucky at the auction and then picked it up surprisingly for fifty or $60,000. And it was one of those was occupied where they wouldn't let us in before. So we kind of planned for the worst case scenario and had the best case scenario. Every three of the units were occupied with paying tenants. The fourth one was already ready for someone to move in. And uh, I think it operates at probably about cash on cash, like a, a 27 cap. <laughs> wow. In a good in a good neighborhood, too. <laughs> Holy cow. What do you think it's worth? The house right now, it'll, it'll probably appraise for about 300. Wow, and you bought it for six zero 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 sixty thousand. Yes, correct. And maybe put five six grand into it. <laughs> What's the best ever way the best ever listeners can reach you? I'm always reachable. I always put my cell phone out there. You can find it if you want to, anyways. But six three zero seven eight one six seven four four. But for faster response, uh, sending me an email at mark at gcrealtyinc dot com is the quickest return. And one last thing, what would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? Winging it. Just kind of goes back to the planning. Winging it and doing a little over leveraging and underestimating what uh, lack of planning can do. Well, Mark, this is the reason why I like having this podcast, just learning from best ever guests like you who have this experience, who are building companies. You're in the middle of it right now. You've been doing it since 2003 and just very, just great answers. And very interesting to learn from how you've evolved your company. Some of the things that I loved hearing about and learning are, one, you've been through the, the bad stuff with the economy and you're focused now on creating residual income. One of those areas is property management fees. And we could have gone a whole lot of different directions with this conversation. And perhaps we'll have you back on the show on either Skillset Sunday or Situation Saturday um, to talk about some of these and one of these in more detail. But the residual income is, is really important. I've heard that from a couple people, like I mentioned earlier, who have been in the industry longer than I've been alive. And that's one of the keys is property management fees. The other thing is how you've structured your company and in particular, the key performance indicators or the KPIs that you're focused on. 
One of them is the money collected, and you break it up into different categories, first through the fifth, sixth through the tenth, eleventh through the twentieth, and twenty-one through the end of the month. And one tactical thing, it's super simple that you've done, but it's really effective, is to improve that, move them up into the category of paying earlier, is to, instead of waiting the second, to remind the tenant to pay on the 28th. That way you're giving them a heads up. The second thing is with the work orders and the maintenance, the appliance repair analysis, or the analysis showed that the appliance repairs were about 20 2.6%. I love it when we, when we say about, but we're just saying 22.6, <laughs> about 22.6%. So about a quarter of your overall repair budget. So you stop providing them and you found a way to make that budget go elsewhere and, and then save some money. Then the increasing the, the term that the, the tenant is in the property during the lease renewal process, you were at 60 days, now you're at 90 days, and you start having some very candid conversations with them about lockboxes being put on the property at 30 days to really show that, hey, we got to make some things happen here, either you're staying or going, but we need to know now. And then, you know, the, the case of your, your property, the best ever deal, the $60,000 property that is now well into the six figures, you know, around $300,000, you think that it's worth. So really, really enjoyed having a conversation with you. Thank you so much for being on the show, sharing your advice, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a best ever week. Thank you. If you need money for your flipping project, then go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. You'll know within 30 seconds if you're approved or not to get money for your residential flip. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it's time to enroll or re-enroll in a healthcare plan if you're an entrepreneur, a real estate investor. And the way to do that is by using Stride Health. The reason why is because you save a lot of money, $400 on average, they'll uh, save you on your healthcare plan over the course of the year. And they've got a personal concierge service that uh, the team doesn't work for an insurance company. They are your advocate and they'll answer any health-related question that you've got. Uh, So we've got to do some sort of health insurance plan. Why not go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and see how much you can save, um, have a personal concierge service help you along the way, and do something that you got to do anyway. So go to stridehealth.com forward slash best ever and check it out.